you a fan of this podcast? Do you wish there was even more juicy content for you to sink your ears into? Well, there is. You can become a premium member of this podcast for $5.99 a month and get full access to an archive of over 50 bonus episodes. Additionally, we release a bonus episode every single month. That's a ton of extra content, including my personal interior design diaries, extra tips, my talking about trends, and so much more. Additionally, you'll be keeping us on the airwaves each and every week because your premium membership money goes directly back to making this podcast amazing. Check us out at affordableinteriordesign.com. Click on podcast to learn more and to become a premium member today. need a high-end designer or a lot of money to get a luxe look be your own interior designer with big design small budget here's your host betsy helmuth Hello, welcome to another design q a you guys wrote in this week with all sorts of amazing questions Keep them coming. I love answering your questions every single week. You can either write them on our Facebook page, Affordable Interior Design, or you can email them to me, Betsy at AffordableInteriorDesign.com. Since you guys sent in so many lovely questions, I am going to just dive right in. Without further ado, let's get going. So my first question this week came from Cora. She writes, I really enjoy listening to your podcast, and I thought I might ask you a tricky design question. Go ahead, Cora. Try and trick me. It's nearly impossible. We have a small home and only one main living space. I hate that our TV is always on display when our guests are over. We use it every night, and I have no idea where else to put it. But it embarrasses me when people have to stare loomingly and say they're over for a nice dinner. I'm also opposed to media centers that may hide it. They feel dated and emphasize it even more. Any ideas for hiding a TV? Maybe a painting or a side panel? Thank you so much in advance. So Cora, yes, a lot of people have this issue, myself included, where the TV is conspicuous. They're getting larger and larger. So they almost seem to really have that starring role in most of our main living spaces. You can get a wall-mounted cabinet. There are nice options at Pottery Barn. They have custom options. You can just Google wall-mounted television cabinet and find lots of interesting things. Certainly, they even have those paintings that you can move to become uh, your TV and then switch back and forth when you're not entertaining. And that is one way to do it. Some of those look really nice and sophisticated. The larger your TV gets the more convoluted those band-aids and solutions feel. In my case, I have a very large 60-inch TV smack dab in the middle of the living room. And I haven't hidden it. I haven't put a cabinet in front of it. It's not even in a media unit. 
And I'm not completely opposed to media units. There are some nice ones on Crate and Barrel at Ikea. There's also a few nice ones at this store called Contempo Furniture in New Jersey, but they have a great online presence as well. So I don't think that a wall unit is so very dated. I think there's a lot of nice, clean, contemporary ways to do it where the TV is just a part of a larger whole. But if that's not what you're going for, and if in my case, that's not what your living room can actually hold, I don't have a big enough unbroken wall that could really contain a media unit, then my solution outside of a wall cabinet or some kind of sliding panel is to create other focal points. Do you have other interesting things in the room that people can look at? If the only thing on your walls is a massive TV, well, of course, that's what people are going to be looking at. But if you've taken a seat in all the different seats in that room, what are you looking at when you're seated in each place? Do you have interesting art on the walls? Have you framed out a window really nicely so that those drapes really capture some attention? I find that when there's other things to look at in a room that are interesting, be it pillows, a patterned rug, interesting wall art, these are the kinds of things that will also capture attention and make your TV feel less conspicuous. Did you style your bookcase with lots of interesting books and accessories, picture frames, things like that? So give your people something else to look at. Part of your problem may also be that all of your seating is facing the TV, and I think that's a really big miss. So, of course, your chair or your primary couch may indeed be facing the TV, but those side chairs, why don't you angle them so that they face the couch? Or if most of the time you're all watching TV, then when guests come over, move the side chair so that they are facing the conversation area, that larger seating moment of the couch or the sectional, and not just all lined up facing the TV. So the quicker fixes would be to adjust that seating and find some interesting things for your home. Find a place to focus that's not just the TV. By giving them fun things to look at, they won't even really notice the big elephant in the room. So my next question has come from, uh, drumroll please, Anne. So Anne wrote, hi there. Oh no. Hold on, let me get back to this question. Hi there, I purchased your book and loved reading it. Anne, thank you so much. Please, if anybody else has not read my book, well, run, don't walk over to affordableinteriordesign.com. Click the shop tab. You can buy my book. I'll autograph it for you and send it out same day. You're going to get a great deal on my book and you can use the promo code podcast to get 15% off this week. Anyway, back to your letter, Anne. You wrote, it was just the information I was looking for. I was wondering if you might suggest a simple program for drawing floor plans. I'm not very tech savvy, and I really want a simple way to draw out a 2D floor plan with walls, doors, windows, and furniture. If you could point me in the right direction, I would be most grateful. Also, would you say there's any drawbacks to hand rendering space plans? Also, there are simple are there simple programs to generate mood boards? So here we go. As designers, we use relatively complicated programs for floor plans. As I revealed in a earlier broadcast a couple of weeks ago, 
Uh, a couple of my colleagues and I use a rather unconventional floor planner. If you go to Ashley Home Furniture, at the bottom it says room planner. And we really love using Ashley Home Furniture's room planner because they have the cutest little furniture and plants and animals and just interesting decorative things that you can drop in the floor plan. That being said, I think the difficulty level of that Ashley Home Furniture space planner is medium in terms of scope of uh, learning curve there. And then, of course, my other colleagues use even more complicated things like SketchUp or Revit or AutoCAD, things that really aren't accessible to the layperson and that are also pretty expensive. So those are what we use, but I went online for you and just Googled easy floor plan um, websites, and I got a list. So let me see here. We've got Room Sketcher, Smart Draw, and one of my fans and friends, Catherine, wrote me this week and showed me that House has not only a floor plan, but also a mood board component to their site. So I went on to see how easy it would be, and the floor plan was pretty straightforward, but I found the mood board component to be limiting because you had to only shop from the things that they offer on their website. And when I create a mood board, I want to use things from everywhere, maybe even from images of my client's personal space so that I can cut and paste and really get the most dynamic and realistic look. So I tend to use Pages on Mac. It is so easy to use and has made me feel like a graphic artist, even though I am far from that. So I love Mac's Pages. I know that some of our designers use Illustrator, which again is sort of that higher level experience. Uh, Of course, if you wanted to just do a quick mood board, many of our clients find Pinterest to be a really satisfying experience where they can easily get that visual that they're hoping for. Um, And then, of course, one of our designers uses Canva. So I went on Canva, C-A-N-V-A, back in the day to try and use it. And I found it to be a little bit more complicated than Pages, but it was pretty fun to use. And then there's also RoomStyler.com and GoMoodBoard.com. So those are my recommendations for you. Happy designing. And the last part that you asked is about hand rendering. So just a little fun fact, for the first, I don't know, seven to 10 years that I was in business, I hand rendered every space. I personally used a scale ruler. It was so great. So instead of needing graph paper, I don't even know where you can get these these days. Just go to Amazon and type in scale ruler. And it's a ruler that basically shows you in different dimensions, be it centimeters and meters or inches and feet. But you can easily draw out a floor plan using that scale ruler. Now, my concerns with that are just that it's very hard to manipulate and change. So once you've drawn it, even if it's in pencil, you'd have to erase it to change things. And then I found myself making all the little furniture and then cutting it out and moving it around the room. So that way I did have that flexibility rather than drawing it all in and having to make several plans. So at this point, it is pretty archaic. But it really worked for me for 10 years. And if you're not doing this every day, all day, if you don't have a lot of arrangements you're thinking about doing, if you have a little bit of free time, a scale ruler, I mean, what are they, like 10 bucks max on Amazon? And I still have mine handy. And it's still one of my favorite things, even though I rarely use it. I certainly don't use it day to day anymore. So I hope that helped, Anne. So we're going to take a quick commercial break. And I can't wait to get back 
Do you love this podcast? Do you wish you could learn even more? Well, we have an online class bundle. Our online class bundle is comprised of three online classes, Beautifying Your Home for Less, Styling Your Home, and the Fundamentals of Feng Shui. Each one of those three classes is between 30 and 45 minutes long and chock-filled with visuals and tips, things that will help you to style your own space or help out with other spaces. Additionally, with the pack of three classes, you get an autographed copy of my book, Affordable Interior Design. You get all of that for only $99. Once again, that's the three online classes as well as the book for only $99. You just go to affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes. Once again, affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes to buy your bundle today. And if one of those classes sounded intriguing, but maybe you already have my book or some of the other topics are not of interest, you can buy the classes individually at that site as well. Each class is $40. So head over to affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes to get your bundle or your online class today. To a couple more questions. My next question came from Edward this week. So Edward wrote, Betsy, I'm trying to resell my condo in New York City and I'm having no luck. I think I should renovate to get top dollar. What's your advice? Where should I start my renovation, Edward? That's complicated, Edward. And where you should start, since this isn't your dream home, you just want to sell it for the best price. And the key with that is selling it quickly. The longer you sit on it, the more mortgage payments you make, the more money you lose. So by the time you get the permits to do this renovation, by the time you get any permissions you may need from the building, by the time your vendors get approved, by the time they actually do the work, and then of course it always takes longer than they say it's going to take, I'm wondering if you are really going to recoup that much value. You asked me where to start on your renovation, and rather than starting on the renovation, I would say where to start on your strategy. And there are two places I recommend you start. The first place is contacting a real estate agent. You're probably already working with a real estate agent considering your space is already on the market, but I would reach out to him or her. In this case, I'm just going to call it a her for ease of speech. So reach out to her and ask her, how much do you think I could get if I redid my kitchen, if I redid my bath, if I didn't do it top of the line, but rather mid-level, how much more do you think I could get? How much time do you think that would take? My second call would be to that contractor. Find that contractor. Hopefully it's somebody you've got in your pocket because interviewing contractors could also add to this timeline and time is money when we're talking about sale. So reach out to contractors, get them in there, ask them how much for the bathroom, how much for the kitchen, and let's just keep it real. If you do the bathroom and not the kitchen, it's going to look like something's missing. And then if you do the bathroom in the kitchen and the floors are scratched, if the stain is uneven, well, that's going to look weird. People are going to think you put a Band-Aid on a larger problem. So I'm not sure what to advise you. I would personally advise you to drop the price first. Drop the price 
of about half of what it might be for a renovation. Say you get the contractor in there and he says this renovation is going to be 100000 Drop the price by 50 k See if there's any movement because a renovation is not just a financial experience. It is an emotional commitment. It's a time commitment. It's annoying. And it's not even going to be your dream home. So you're speculating that you are going to be choosing things that this buyer who you've never met is going to love. Chances are you could renovate this entire place and they don't even like what you chose. So I'm just really skeptical. And I'd start with a price reduction. And during that price reduction, I would reach out to those different vendors. And if you're still not seeing any movement, go for it. But keep in mind that um, it's more complicated than it sounds. So I hope that helps, Edward. Guys, it is always a pleasure talking to you each and every week. Keep those questions coming, Betsy at AffordableInteriorDesign.com, or leave them right here on Affordable Interior Design's Facebook page. I love chatting with you every single week. And uh, happy 4th of July, everyone. asked for it and we have answered the call. For years you've been saying, Betsy, you're talking about all these great design concepts, but we can't visualize them. You're describing the picture that the listener sent in of their problem and we wish we could see that picture too. After all, a picture is worth a thousand words and I do my best to describe them, but there's nothing like seeing it for yourself. And that's why Affordable Interior Design, the podcast, now has a YouTube channel. Not only do we have a YouTube channel where you could see recordings and clips of these podcast episodes, we also have an Instagram, a Facebook, and so many other exciting things. You should check it out. Head over to affordableinteriordesign.com slash links. Once again, affordableinteriordesign.com slash L-I-N-K-S links. And when you go there, you will see links to our YouTube page, our Instagram page, our Facebook page, and more. Please check it out, follow and subscribe so you can see everything I'm talking about. A big thank you to our amazing producer, Catherine Heller, to Aton and the MBCR House Band, and to Affordable Interior Design, the sponsor of this podcast and the premier place to get an amazing look on a budget. Check out affordableinteriordesign.com. If you guys love the show, the very best way to support us is by spreading the word. Tell your friends or write us an awesome review on iTunes. So until next week, guys, thanks so much for joining us, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.